0: and we live this is the free game producer podcast my name is brian andre and i got the super producer Marty platinum willpower in the building what's up homie what's good homie what's good yo man what a day today right man
1: (laughs) man it's been a crazy day man it's awesome out here though man you know what i'm saying
0: it's a blessing to be here man it is late night on a tuesday you know what i'm saying yeah we got this podcast dropping on a wednesday yeah you know what i'm saying
1: yeah man normally we do the podcast on mondays you know what i'm saying but uh We decided, you know, this week to do it on Tuesday. Yeah. Because we got word that there was going to be a vote Mm -hmm. done for the uh, Atlanta Music Studio Ordinance. Yeah. That was in place. Yeah. And uh, so we were like, yo, that'd be some great information, man, for us to get online and talk about today. So
0: now if you recall, a few episodes ago. We mentioned um, a proposed ordinance by Atlanta City Council right. that would um, uh, make it mandatory for uh, music studios operating in the city to obtain a special use permit mm-hmm. for a music studio. Word, you know, and uh, we talked about the the pluses and minuses for that, and why we may or may not agree with that. Right. We kept an eye on it, and we got word they were voting on it today. So we, uh, uh, along with Notable people in music. Yeah, man. A lot uh, of people
1: was out there, man. Like Ian Burke, uh-huh. uh Tricky Stewart, mm-hmm. uh, Isaac Hayes the mm-hmm. third, TK was yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh it, it was amazing, man. I can't even name all the people because I didn't really know everybody. Right, uh, right. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it was really dope, man. What I got out of it was, you know, it was really dope to just see people stand for something. So the way it kind of went down was on january 11th you know um the the committee meeting on january 11th they they kind of knew what was up they kind of got their point across but i gotta give props to the georgia music partners you know organization man like they kind of organized all of us together man and organized a bunch of people together to come out and be there for you know to get down yeah you know and it was just cool to watch man but you know it got of course it got it didn't pass you know the ordinance was uh, denied yep and it was basically because they were able to prove that the music industry is not responsible for the violence in Atlanta right you know what I'm saying we're kind of just a victim of it as if as just like anyone else you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying it can happen to anybody it can happen at a gas station. Right. You know, and they wanted to kind of put like a special use, uh, you know, type thing together for it. Yeah. But the people in the music community wasn't having it, and it was really dope to see people come together. The Grammy Association was out there, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a gang of dope artists and producers. It was sick, man.
0: So my free game is like more of a macro type of thing, Yep. uh, which just says... Let's not give the powers that be a reason to try to shut us down in music. Right? You know, we talk about uh, different things that happen in hip hop in particular, because this particular bill, one of the main reasons why it came about was was just, just ordinance. It came about because uh, of some shootings that happened in in Atlanta studios. Right. You know, over the past year, and you know, we talked about in the past keeping that mess out of uh, the music industry because this is a professional environment we try to create so like you know let's not give the powers that be a reason you know right just because you may have aggressive content in your music you're still you know right. a, a musician an artist and that's right. for for all y'all sitting at home that's you know may have aggressive music maybe you had an aggressive past so you're authentic in what you do great but when you're working you're working man
1: yeah and not, not only that man it's not even the powers that be man i mean like one of the arguments that uh the uh councilwoman was making was it wasn't really so much about uh the community as much as it was the people who well it was the community Mm -hmm. that was making the complaints which was which is what caused her to have to take action right because you start getting phone calls from people who've invested in homes which is their largest investment in life yeah and they're complaining because murders and shootouts and parties and things like that are happening Mm -hmm. so you know it had it had some balance to it Mm -hmm. however i think the biggest thing to it is you know they didn't really have the right to blame the lack of professionalism of a few on a total community as well as you know what i'm saying um when you are you need to be as professional as you possibly can i mean this is still a business even though we're making music which you know in turn could represent like you said maybe a street life it could mm-hmm. represent party life it could represent yeah. all kinds of things uh you know because the music as stated in the in the presentation to the council was you know man we've we've we're georgia music man is as large as yeah anything bro i mean Everything from country music All the way to yeah, hip hop
0: um uh, so. uh, Mayla Sharma the, yeah. uh, the consultant from our Georgia Music Partners Gave a nice, about 12 minute speech mm. Where she yeah, kind of b- broke everything down In terms of what Georgia music means And it's not just Georgia, man In general, you know A, a lot of communities across this country Have budding music scenes You know, and you want to protect that You want to make sure you, you know Protect the legacy of wherever you're from And what you're right. doing You know what right. I'm saying, so you know that was pretty dope
1: you yeah no nah, it was super dope man another thing too that kind of came out of it man it was really dope just going down and sitting through a council session man. <laughs> yeah a council city council <laughs> session yeah like i didn't realize man what was really good you know until we got there man you know yeah. uh in case you don't know um of course the sit the music ordinance was on the docket but there were also other issues on the docket like uh this week, the particular issue was, you know, um, Georgia State yeah. buying up the old uh, Braves Stadium, Turner yeah. Stadium, yeah. and how that was going to affect the community around it. Yeah. And, man, there were some really heated people in
0: there with some... some activists. Ri- activists. <laughs> that was going like, in on a council. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, like,
1: like, essentially, man, the people were, like, escorted out before it was all said and done because of their passion for what they were there to talk about yeah which was awesome man which makes me really interested in what happens you know in the community now even more and it makes me want to go yeah I'm just gonna find time sometime to just go sit in on those things just to watch and see what (laughs) is really up yo I mean like it was so personal that like these people were calling some of these folks by their first name man like some of these city people city councilmen
0: It was, it was entertaining to me. I, I like it. it was I like a good, you know, because even my man said, the one, one of the activists said, listen, they felt disrespected by the council people's lack of actions or, or wrong actions. Mm-hmm. So he said, I'm done being respectful. That's right. And they straight up got disrespectful. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was
1: sketchy at times, man. Like I was literally like, whoa, are they going to like allow that to happen? Yeah. And then, you know, even when it came down to like, them calling them out on it it was kind of like you still can't do nothing what you gonna do kick me out cause that's all you gonna do is kick me out yeah but anyway that was awesome man and you know uh major shout out to the music community in Atlanta man like we pulled we pulled pulled off one and I was just glad to be there and uh brian was with me and we we, we really yeah. enjoyed it it was dope
0: yeah if you follow us we both kind of did some live uh yeah man how about my phone action? goes dead
1: as soon as they get ready to announce the win yeah. or the loss but you know it's whatever bro. but that's
0: why, that's why i jumped because <clears throat> i wasn't doing it at first but then i jumped on once right. your phone died i jumped on instagram it's all uh, good man you know whatever but yeah that was pretty dope um so yeah uh i wanted to talk about some new music man that came all out right, this week man because i made a commitment to, to to talk about that stuff man Yeah. I listened to dope projects from uh, PNB Rock, mm. uh, Nick Grant, mm. and uh, Scotty ATL. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying. Scotty ATL had a mixtape smoking on my own strain. Wow. You know what I'm saying. I uh, would had Drummer Boy on there, uh, JL Ke on the track. Nice. Was on there. Track sign was on there. Nice. And he had a couple bangers on there, man. Right. So it's good to see him. You know, somebody locally here in Atlanta. Was man.
1: Uh, uh, did DJ Tune,
0: uh have anything on it? Nope what uh, i didn't not nah, unless i missed something ah, I, I, wow. I went i went over the
1: track listing maybe they,
0: maybe they hold on to that because we did have Tump on the show a few months a few months I back mean, listen
1: i would have bet on it you know what yeah. i'm saying i want to say that Tump is kind of like his main guy yeah or, or you know i don't know that's but a good
0: question because yeah yeah uh
1: so what about um so what about this nick grant man talk to me because you know i i was the, i was early on nick grant man early and I've been riding to it for a couple of days, so I'm not gonna give my opinion on it until I'm done.
0: You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, yeah. I'm pretty much, uh, you know, some things can grow on you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Other things, you know, just hit you with the first the first couple of listens. And I listened to the whole album three times uh, right on Saturday. Right. And I love it. I think it's I think it's pretty damn good, man. Uh,
1: you know that means a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, it, to me, to me, it means a lot. Yeah, because you know I don't just. You know, I like to listen critically, man. And for somebody as talented as Nick Grant, right, my expectations were high. You know, I, I don't want him to come come with no weak stuff, man. But yeah, well, it's I remember. It,
1: you know, it's interesting because I know the first mixtape you was, you kind of gave it kind of a you gave it a 50-50. You wasn't yeah. even like you. Were, you didn't say it was whack,
0: but you no. Didn't, I, 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 I knew he was incredible off the mixtape, but I thought the, the production. was. Ah, uh, yeah, I thought okay. The, the production and the mixing because it was a, it was one song on there that was really mixed real bad yeah (laughs) where like the volume was real low you know but well
1: you know i keep up with like his uh management team and they you know uh they got the culture republic which is a whole movement that they've they've established but uh that was part of the plan man like they uh they they were kind of boasting or just i actually just kind of speaking on the concept of they dropped the mixtape and then they worked for a year yeah worked for a whole year you know it was like february january february when they dropped the first one Mm -hmm. and so here it is you know a year later they got a deal
0: yeah
1: album comes out epic records
0: epic records
1: you know um one of the interesting things though was the rollout man you know Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't have a large fan base right now uh if we just go by numbers yeah of social media and Mm -hmm. and, you know the normal things that people have in place for you to kind of uh you know gauge their popularity. He has like 25,000 followers on Instagram, you know. So we were just kind of kind of throwing around the concept of what was that about? Like, what is that? Like, why would they put it out the way they did? And so, right. you know, my, my theory was I think that... I just think that with streaming being in place, mm-hmm. there's no need to do free music anymore. Like, it's really no such thing as free music because once it starts streaming it's not free somebody's making money off of the music so it's kind of pointless to put music out for free especially if you're trying to reach the masses because you certainly want your music to be on a streaming platform because that's where 90% of the music is being received at this point so what's your thoughts on that Uh,
0: well yeah I agree with that well I agree with it. It Makes sense, but I still don't know if that's the total. The total, you know, I, w- I would love to maybe get somebody from his camp, like a Jason Jeter or Chakazoo or somebody, just to answer these, or him himself or somebody. Hey man, because it could be done. Some of this stuff is cu- is curious to me because I know he got some. He's had some amazing people in his corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's on Epic Records with L.A. Reid, which is one of our the, the best executives of our generation. Mm-hmm. So, and I just wonder why. Um, he wasn't pumped as much even though i mean shout out to him he had his first tv performance on uh the whole bear show last night yeah which
1: is really dope which
0: he tore it down he tore it up too man killed it Yeah, he killed it dope yeah so you know i don't know man uh i think it makes sense though you know it's kind of like, sort of like uh kendrick lamar came out with section 80 right and that technically was an album but they treated it like a mixtape but it was a for sale album that came out right but when you talk about kendrick's discography everyone looks at good kid mad city as his debut right right, so perhaps this is even though section 80 was independent that's the difference but it was still a commercial release right so perhaps it's that kind of same
1: yeah i think it's safe man i mean you know it's a new day man it's a new era out here bro like you know, the music is going straight to the masses, man, and it's getting there faster than ever, man, with that with streaming, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I've been listening to it, but due to the fact that it's streaming, you know, it's like I have to either be on the move, I need to be to my phone so I can really take a listen. But trust me, I'm going to, because I was a fan of his music, you know, well before. And then outside of that, you know, he's one of my homies from South Carolina, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm excited to kind of see what that is, man.
0: Yeah, man, and um, I don't have much information because you know I stream mostly everything, and they don't have digital booklets, and he don't have a Wikipedia page. You know, like, Wiki or nothing. Plays, man. nothing. So, yeah,
1: like that's my that's that's the strangeness in it. But yeah. but man, we're gonna see. I don't think he's going anywhere, no matter what. No, I
0: think it looks. I think he's incredible. I think the project was was pretty dope. So I did find out a couple records. Uh, a friend of the show Mars produced one of the records on there, uh, Bouncing, which is pretty. Yeah, dope. Mars
1: did, and uh, so did Smitty, man, Smitty. Okay uh he co-produced one with somebody. Okay. You know, so. Yeah,
0: Mars co-produced bouncing with uh Mike and Keys. And uh you know, so uh we don't once we get that though we'll speak on it because I think the production was pretty dope. Good, you know, a lot of live instrumentation on there. You know what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nice bouncy beats, you know. Just a good just a good project overall. I just wish get, it get gets more credit, but we're talking about it here, so you know what I'm saying? Right, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? Makes but uh dope. You know, so that's that But yeah, uh, p and Rock also, man so, You know, artist out of Philadelphia Singer mm-hmm. Been getting a lot of buzz this past year uh, Dropped his album You know what I'm saying uh, Called Going Through the Motions You know what I'm saying Which I thought was a pretty solid effort, man You know, solid joint, man uh, uh, Needles and Donuts produced a few songs on there Yeah, I think you know they had a the single Scott Storch produced a record on there You know, he big, some big players He got a song with, uh my favorite song on the album is his song with um Ty Dollar sign, which I thought was really, really dope. So, you know, uh he's getting a lot of buzz, man. So shout out to him, you know, shout out to his project, man. And yeah, some good music man coming out, man. You know what I'm saying? So I encourage all all of our um listeners, man, to check it out, man. Get some motivation, you know, look at read the inserts, find out who these players are, man, you know, that that's putting out putting out work and, and make sure you do your part to get on, you know, to get in the scene. You know what I'm saying?
1: yeah man that's dope man
0: yeah but also and before we get into this interview man with with dope producer i did want to mention last week about drake man i don't want to like look over the fact that him and future just set a record uh for concert grossing for hip-hop uh tour 84.3 million off 54 shows that's what him and him and future did i thought that was like like wow like really like that's that's the biggest one, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then I looked at some of our traditional tours, like the Up and Smoke Tour, did I think 20 something million. You know what I'm saying? So really that's a phenomenal feat. But just to show you how hip hop has a has a ways to go, I pulled um the Pole Star Pro numbers for for all of it. And you know, I mean Bruce Springsteen. man I can't tell you a, a new Bruce Springsteen song at all. 111 million. <laughs> You know, no, no, no. Recently. No, no, no. Uh, let me go back to that, man. I'm looking at the wrong... No, Jesus goodness. $268 million. This year? Yes, man. Bruce Springsteen He did. was the number one concert tour of, of 2016. Whoa. 200 and, and... we're making a big deal out of Drake, the biggest one, And His
1: last hit record was Born in the USA, bruh.
0: Beyonce, $256 million. Yeah, but was it how many shows though because that's the question not a lot more i mean beyonce had 46 shows so
1: she had less yeah
0: no no no. 49 shows with 46 cities 49 shows so she she had had less less, and she did that's uh almost three times more (laughs) you know what i'm saying but you know I heard people talking about there were memes going around about how much Beyonce ticket prices were you know, like funny memes you know what I'm saying but hey it worked obviously the demand is there right supply and demand right mm-hmm. um but yeah I can go on and on I mean Adele had a big tour you know 160 million Guns N Roses 188 million jeez I mean so rock and roll is still
1: alive man you out here thinking it's dead <laughs> it ain't dead that boy's still getting this money yeah they did a, 188
0: <laughs> and they only did 44 shows That's ridiculous you know what i'm saying which also kind of side note we talk about hip-hop performances man and stepping it up you know what i'm saying
1: i mean man it's to me it's uh it's motivating you know it's exciting to see that that uh you know because man, i'll tell you man i i don't know if people realize it man but bro it was just up like just around 2010 honestly like wiz khalifa was the one who kind of rebirthed the idea of the rapper that's touring it wasn't popping man too long ago too early you know what i'm saying man like really man up 2009 what show did you go to if it (laughs) was if it wasn't a big big tour though if it wasn't like something huge you wasn't going man you know like i can just honestly say i remember when wiz khalifa started with the deal or no deal tour like that was kind of the beginning of You know the the rapper hitting the streets man hitting the pavement like that like all it used to you know through up to about 2009 man the big deal was just club dates those weren't really tours like artists will fall through the the hot club you know what i mean you Mm -hmm. remember them time things man like you know they'd fall through stand on the couch for two hours and then they might do a
0: song before they leave yeah but it wasn't the same thing you know but yeah, you know? and it looks like these numbers are, are strictly ticket prices mm-hmm. ticket prices nothing so, to do with merch merch parking food and beverage mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like
1: I mean I, yo salute to Drake man I'm glad that we have somebody out there representing hip hop like that man
0: I salute him too but at the same time it's like wow as you know hip hop is a long way to go still yeah no saying? I
1: mean it's a downside
0: but cause that's a record and that's only a third of like what, the, what Beyonce and Bruce Springsteen doing oh, out there right freaking bruce freaking springsteen and the there's boss. so <laughs> many rappers
1: out there that i would like to see in concert that were not drake so just imagine if you know if we could somehow or another figure out how to yeah and how I, to, think, you know, I think overall
0: hip-hop shows got to improve too man you know what yeah they do, of course man you i know. mean
1: but that's probably why drake shows are so good because it's probably a top tier concert
0: i mean maybe some of you out there are rappers you know what I'm saying?
1: That's man. When I was young, man, I went to a LL Cool J concert, man, and was blown away. Yeah, LL Cool J, man. You know who else used to have dope shows? The Beastie Boys. Them niggas used to get, them niggas used to get kicked out of cities. Every city they went to, because their show was considered lewd.
0: See, I never had the privilege of going to a Beastie Boys concert. I've been to Run DMC concert, Cool Mo D.
1: Well, if you went to Run DMC, I would think that that possibly could have happened, because that's what that's kind of how they used to travel. You okay. know, Def Jam used
0: to kind of stick them all out there. Yeah, well, they wasn't on this. Show. I think it was like the not to date myself. I think it was a Fresh Fest I went to. I was like six years or seven years old, yeah, see, man. Mother, see, see. I had no business being there, man. My yeah. uncle took me, man. But JJ Fad, I mean, J- whatever, the, I don't know. The Fresh Fest.
1: <laughs> Did you know that the Fresh Fest man was put on by Michael Malden, who is Jermaine Dupree's
0: father? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's dope. Yeah, super dope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's in that book. The the the, the book that they um. The big Ma- payback, the big payback, yeah, the one oh. they they based the, the breaks off of on mm-hmm. VH1. So, nice, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, shout out to to um, you know, all the hip hop artists and, and artists in general, man. You know, that's out here getting that that money. <laughs> you know, Madonna's. Doing short, 82 million on, you know man. what I mean? It's just crazy, man. Yeah, like,
1: but people who ain't even trying, Madonna ain't even trying, and she doing them numbers. Yeah. So, Dixie, but, Chicks. I, but I'm, I'm all about positivity on it, man. <laughs> I mean, I ain't gonna hate on Drake. I think that's awesome, man, for him and for hip hop in general because, you know, it's deserving, man. Hip hop is driving the force, is a driving force of music, if you ask me. You know, anytime they add your flavor to every other genre, you're definitely the root of this thing, so you should mm-hmm. be getting bigger shows. But, you know, that's yeah. part of the development of the brand, I guess, man.
0: Yeah, it'll yeah. We'll check this list next year yeah, and, and see what happens, man. But, yeah, uh, we got a dope uh, producer on the show today, Kato, man. Kato, yep. Kato, Kato the producer. Kato the producer, man. He's produ- he from from Virginia, as you would find out. Produced for a lot of dope artists like Dizzy Based Wright. in Atlanta, though. Yeah, based in Atlanta. Yeah. With Dizzy Wright, Jaron Benton, you know, Roscoe Dash, Lil Scrappy, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I did a lot of uh, dope stuff. And he was uh, with Funk Volume for a while, you know. Yeah, man. And yeah. he has a, an excellent uh, concept for how he does his business. Yeah. And I right. think that everyone should hear it because we got to think out the box sometimes. You know, we can't think like it's tough to get into the traditional music industry, but it may or may not be so tough. Well, it'll still be a lot of hard work, but may or may not be so tough to to do some different things, man, and still service the music community.
1: Yeah, like, I think what's really cool in this interview, man, we find out that, you know, he's he has been able to monetize being a record producer without the major placements or the hit records. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, he does have a share of those, but yeah. it's just really interesting to hear his take on that. And I think it's very... Uh, forward thinking the things that he's on man so mm-hmm. let's take this beat break let's get it you know man. what I'm saying man we're gonna take a beat break right quick come back bring Kato the producer
0: yeah pop show me how to count
3: how the
4: shit
3: go I ain't
4: tryna live without it how the shit go I don't know something about how the shit go yeah with two bitches inside my bed One of them rolling up Push on a nightstand And one of them gonna get me head I don't pay mind to the rumors I'm so high on I don't know what they said Pied died when I was so young And it opened my eyes I ain't scared to be dead I just click with my clip I'm so in love with my life And your girl so in love with my dick I got the style phone cut while I whip Yeah, yeah, I serve when I sit. Just made the purchase then dip Back to my condo I just got a charge I can go to Toronto I go to Toronto all of my bitches in Canada mess, so I click in the combo, that's how the shit go.
3: Yeah. Pop, show yeah. me how to count em. How the shit go. That's how go. I ain't tryna live without them.
4: That's how the shit go.
3: Pop, show me how to count
4: em How the shit go. That
3: lick, show me I was bottom. I think I'm in love with him, I think I'm in love with him I think that you jumped
5: the gun when you got the bend you in the Your sister tried to suck my dick and we ain't even friends I think that they don't know the price I'm paying for my sins I think that the devil is walking with me in my tears I think that I'm scared to start over, I'm making these ends I think that the reaper is watching me, it's getting grim
4: and I'm scared to ascend. Yeah, Think I never slowed down I've been doing 180 I've been on the fifth time, my baby Talking about the game And I ain't nobody really innovating Think that I'm the gold Why is everyone debating Hanging rappers on the road the... I was 16 in a the budget Then cool, had the, had the dope I would go and lay a verse down In the closet Then we go and take ourselves A trip up the road Getting everything I'm old? Yeah, how many rappers Do I gotta fold? How many times do I gotta spaz out on the black sheep? Y'all just fitting in the mold. I've been living in, the living in the cold, dying by the cold. And I got my eyes on the gold. Anybody tryna stop me and my prospects from the promised land, they gon' die in the slow. And that's how the shit, yeah. shit, shit go. Pop, show me how
3: to count em How the shit go. I ain't tryna live without them.
4: That's how the shit go.
3: Pop, show me how
4: to count em How the shit go.
3: That lick, show me how yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I'm in love with him
5: I think that you jump the gun when you got the bend Your sister tried to try to suck my dick and we ain't even friends I think that they don't know the price I'm paying for my sins I think that the devil is walking with me in my tears I think that I'm scared to start over, I'm making these ends I think that the reaper is watching me. It's getting grim. I think that I'm scared to ascend.
4: Yeah. Fortunate I'm like the wheel, my famous bishop went holding the steel, ain't no control in my will, left out the battle like my team some soldiers for real, ain't no king over my hill. all us we equal we build, greedy your sequel is kill. friends started turning to foes, next thing you know your heart lethal and still. when your ego is still. it's easy to love people, easy to chill, except when you all on a pill and a white at the same time you started don't know who is real, familiar with both, telling my lies on the oath, stashing my pies in the soap, if you righteous, you die and you make it to heaven. You don't when you die, you a ghost. That's how the shit go. Yeah.
3: Pop, show me how to
4: count him. How the shit go? I
3: ain't tryna live without em That's
4: how the shit go. Pop, show me how to count em How the shit go. Shit go. Pop, uh, shit go.
3: Yeah. That lick, show me yeah. I was battle.
5: Yeah. Scar- I think I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him. I think that you jump the gun when you got the pin. I think that you the gun Your sister try to suck my dick and we ain't even friends I think that they don't know the price I'm paying for my sins I think that the devil is walking with me in my tears I think that I'm scared to start over, I'm making these ends I think that the reaper is watching me, it's getting grim I think that I'm scared to ascend
0: Welcome back to the Free Game Producer Podcast. I'm Andre here with the super producer Willpower. We got a special, special guest on the line, the producer Kato. Yeah. What's up, homie? How you doing?
2: I'm doing great, man. How are y'all? Good, man.
0: Good, Good. man. It's it's a blessing to have you on the show, man. We are fans of your work, you know, all that work you put in with funk volume and so on and so forth.
1: Yep. So what's what's going on with you, man? Like, uh, so what's up? What's up with Kato right now, man?
2: Kato right now, man, is working on a lot of new stuff. Um I, I I plan on starting my own label. Mm. Um, signing a couple producers under me. Oh. You know, I'm going heavy with kind of utilizing the internet as as my main platform and you know my just feeding the audience and just kinda of, kinda of building everything from that foundation. Um You know i have a i have a very active online beat store which i've probably for about past six months now i've been really trying to go hard with yeah Uh, and i have a mentorship program for aspiring producers called Beat club nice which right now we currently have over 70 members from all over the world all over the u.s so that's going really well. It's a subscription based program and you know, just I felt like there was a huge need, there was a huge void in the producer community of like education and
0: mm-hmm.
2: um just opportunities in general, you know, like I feel like there's a lot of precedence for independent hip hop artists, you know, like there's a lot of independent artists out there who who are killing it, you know, and they're kinda setting the 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 precedence of how you can how you can be independent and still yeah make, kill it yeah make loads you know? of money.
1: yeah no doubt man have have a, a lot I, of success and make a lot of money too yeah i get it
2: yeah. yeah but there's there's not too many examples of like producers kind of on the come up um who who are really who are really kind of sharing sharing knowledge and and uh, there's just a huge lack of education so i saw that void and i i tried to fill it by by, by starting b club
0: dope yeah i think that's real dope i think our audience could definitely benefit from a producer like yourself offering mentorship i mean you've worked with you know dizzy wright jaron bitten chameleon there, roscoe dash Lil little mm. scrappy so on and so forth Ooh. so you definitely got a good resume but what i want to do i want to get back to the genesis kind of the beginning I think it'll help out a lot of our audience to see where you came from, how you got to where you are today. Now, you're from Virginia. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, Fairfax. I think you were born on Christmas. Was that Christmas? Christmas, what baby? Christmas, <laughs> baby, man. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm about to
2: turn 30. It's, it's crazy to think about. That's pretty think dope. About that. But That's yeah, I was born and raised in, in uh, Fairfax, Virginia.
0: Now, so were you influenced with the whole, you know, Pharrell, uh, uh, Timberland, Teddy Riley, that whole movement? Did that influence you growing up, or was that kind of uh, after you? I mean, before you. Were- yeah, of
2: course, man. Just just being from the same place, same state as like so many great, you know, influences and in music and in culture, you know, that definitely had an influence on me. It, it kind of, you know, I was proud to be from Virginia because of. The names that came out of there. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, even I mean I told y'all before I <laughs> before I jumped on this call that I'm watching the, the Pharrell Breakfast Club interview right. and yeah. right. You know, right. I, I up to, to people like that.
0: That's what's up. Now also I read uh you know, Wikipedia sometimes gets stuff right, sometimes they get stuff wrong, but I read you were like in the child acting and modeling group coming up. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> and and, yeah. if, and okay. if so, did that kind of like
2: know it? Who, I don't know who put that up there. Um, <laughs> that, that little segment right there. Someone, someone close. It must have been someone close to me because, yeah, when I was in, um, when I was in probably elementary through middle school, um, my parents thought it would be a good idea to like enroll me in some acting classes. Yeah. And, you know, I tried, I tried my hand in in that kind of stuff for a little bit, but. I eventually fell into music and that kind of replaced my my passion.
0: But I was curious, curious, did that in any kind of way kind of like, you know, make you want to get into like entertainment or the whole spotlight or is that just something random that you did as a kid?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that was my first kind of exposure to being in the entertainment industry. I did like small little commercials here and there and I did, uh, I remember I did like a little educational film um but but yeah i guess you can call that my my first introduction to the entertainment industry
0: that's dope that's dope did you play any instruments did you um i know you uh, ended up going to Drexel in, in philly and getting in the rap group but prior to that did you end up uh, Did you uh you know, playing the instruments how did you start producing
2: yeah I've i've played instruments my whole life my dad enrolled me in drum classes very early on so i learned how to play the drums um you know my sister tried her hand at, at playing the guitar and she's not She's not as musically inclined, so one day I just I just picked up her guitar and started playing, right? And found that I had kind of a natural talent for that. Um, and then in high school, like I was a band kid, I played percussion and band, um, and and you know that kind of all carried into that co- that all kind of carried into my production in college when I was at Drexel. And you know, I just I just fell in love with the hip hop in Philly, mm. so. You know, at that time, Def Jux, which which LP was running, had a lot of really dope, like, kind of underground, independent hip-hop artists, and I fell in love with The Roots, you know, like, mm-hmm. Jedi Mind Tricks. There was just so much vibrant hip-hop culture coming out of Philly, and I fell in love with all of that and, and started messing with the production, and I was actually rapping at that time, too, so I was making my okay. own beats and rapping.
0: Incarnation, right? That was your name? Rapping it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> yeah. <crazy>. Hey, man. <laughs> you know, like, I, I,
1: I've i known you for a while, man, and one of the things that I, I find to be hilarious, man, is your relationship with uh, Jaron Benton. And yeah. you guys, like, you know, it, it's so funny, man, because you guys have such a comedic, you know, energy about what you guys do. Like, he's always picking on you online, and you always responding. <laughs> it's hilarious, man. But I, I think, you know, I think it's really important, man, for people to understand that, like, you know, you were naming some very real hip-hop, you know, influences, man, and a lot of people, you know, should know how diverse a a record producer you are, man, because I've heard things, you know, uh, some of your most popular uh, beats and stuff, of course, have been, like, kind of trap influenced and things like that, but I've also known you to do some of the craziest, like, boom-bap hip-hop records, you know, um... So, can you, like, kind of talk about, uh, you know, as a producer, you know, did you you have to kind of, like, conform to different styles, or is there anything that, like, that you particularly rather produce, being that, you know, that you you have so many different styles?
2: You know what? I I think it just all comes from my influence, man. Like I said, when I started hip-hop production, like, I was going to school in Philly at the time, and... Philly has a completely different sound from Atlanta. Right. So when I relocated and I moved down to Atlanta, that kind of shook up my whole world. You know, I was I was not familiar with down south music at all at right. that time really. Right. And so I moved to Atlanta, it just introduced me to a whole different sound. And so I really just think all the influences I came across during my career is what helped me mold my sound because i still hear from people like whether whether i, I produce a, a boom bap beat or a, a down south trap beat they can still recognize that it's a kato trap you oh, know that's dope. so i think i was i was able to still kind of find my own kind of signature sound and just build it around my influences so i'm a fan of all of it to be honest like right. i I still i I still listen to all different kinds of music and i I take i take music what it is and um i love all of it
0: right nice so um how did you end up with funk volume though i know i think you were a part of some showcases around the country um how did you end up actually um, weren't you signed with them i believe for a period of time
2: funk volume yeah i um So when I first moved to Atlanta, Jaron was one of the first artists that I kind of linked up with down here, and we just we just kind of hit it off. So we, you know, he would come over to my crib, I would go go, go over to Spitzwell's house, and we would record over there. But um, eventually, after we recorded enough music, we linked up with SMK, who was uh, Mike Wahlberg, who's now the A3C director yeah and uh and 808 blake and we we had a little crew called smka yeah i remember yeah yeah so with smka we we started working with jaron and shot a couple visuals for him and then i guess that caught the eye of funk volume and they eventually ended up signing him um after we released uh schizo which was his first single and um after that, we just we kept working. He signed a Funk Volume. We kept working. We put out his first album, which was My Grandma's Basement,
0: nice. and
2: then uh, that that did pretty well independently. And Dame, shortly after that, Dame reached out to me and, and offered me a production deal. So, um, you know, we we just I went ahead and signed a Funk Volume as as an in-house producer.
1: Go, go, great. Okay. All right, so um, so with that, man, like I, I noticed that, you know, we have something really similar in our careers. Like we we basically came into the business as uh, like main producers for an artist. Like, mm-hmm. how has that benefited you? And also, if any, has it has it had any negative connotation? Like, you know, uh, cause like for me, you know, what I'm saying a lot of times I would have to go in and, uh, you know, like really uh prove myself to other people that i don't do just a certain type of rap music or you know um you you know I, i was known as yellow Wolf's producer for a little while you know and could you talk about how that affects your career like has it helped you or has it you know has it hurt you or whatever you know what i mean yeah
2: i think i think you and i pretty probably had pretty similar um you know, pretty similar experiences with that, you know, you, you working with yellow wolf a lot. And then I kind of came up with Jaron. So our names are kind of attached to those artists because that's what people know us for. Right. Uh, I think it was more, more of that in the beginning because for a while there, like Jaron was really the the only artist that I was working with. So it didn't bother me a lot. I thought it was cool. Like, you know, I, Every, everywhere you saw Jaron's name you also saw my name we went on tour together um, you know so our, our names were synonymous but then after a while you know I think I think it affected me more because I knew that I could do so much more right like I knew I could produce for a lot of different types of artists so that's exactly what I did I kind of started branching out and, and working with a lot of different type of artists and I think now I'm at the place where I I, I kind of broke that mold a little bit more. Like people, people know that I I work with Jaron a lot, but they also know that I produce for a lot of other artists too.
1: Right. Um, Right.
2: So, you know, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride, man. I think, I think everything happens for a reason and I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: Yeah. Nah, man. I mean, you've had a, a very bright career man I know like the future is even bigger but you know I want to talk about some of your business man like you you're very innovative man like I've been noticing like you said you've got like the uh, where you sell beats I think it is online I'll let you explain it but uh Mm -hmm. you know I see you doing that I see you doing contests all the time I also see you uh, you've taken on something that I noticed that phone volume used to do and that's like they were really good at like uh, engaging their fans and really um you know creating a platform for them to engage with you know with with the artists and you're doing that with producers can you kind of talk about your end game for that and you know just kind of get into what it is you're actually doing because i'm you know we see it but if you don't actually participate you might not actually know what it is you're doing you know what i mean
2: Right, right. Yeah. I learned a lot from Funk Volume, man. Being, being signed to that label, that, that whole opportunity was a blessing for me because I learned so much. Not only you know, did I meet some really great people, but I learned a lot on the business side and, and how they operate. So um, I kind of took those same lessons and applied it to my own production career, um, especially after I got off the label earlier this year. I kind of applied a lot of that same stuff to to what I'm doing so um, you know for producers man it's it's tough like it's it's a hard career I always go back and forth on the idea of like is it harder to be an artist or is it harder to be a producer in 2016 and the more the more I kind of get the deeper I kind of get into this the more I realize like it's hard out here for producers you know just opportunities are, you know, a lot of guys are still doing the same thing, which is chasing placements. And for me, I don't chase placements anymore. You know, I let them come to me if if they happen, but I'm fucking, I'm done chasing placements. Like, I'm done catering to the music industry. I'm done playing the games. I'm done playing the politics. I don't do any of that shit anymore. So for me, it's all about... I take everything in my career into my own hands and I build my own platform. I put the work in myself. So at the end of the day, if I fail at this, there's no one else to blame but me. You know, I don't like to put my my career in the hands of anyone else. So, you know, I I, I really just I really just got in the mindset of I'm going to take everything into my own hands. I'm going to put in my own work. I'm going to build my own platform. I'm going to build my own audience. Like, I don't want shit given to me. I'm going to work for everything, you know? Right. So, at the end of the day, I can reap all the rewards, too, which is exactly where I'm at today, you know? Like, right. every everything I've built through my platform, man, has been, you know... And I don't want to discredit anyone who's who's helped me along the way or, or mentored me or, you know, given me advice. But at the end of the day, like, this is this is all on me. This is my career. So... Um, you know, everything I'm doing now is, you know, everything from, from my beat store to my mentorship program, to selling my own merchandise, to making strategic partnerships with, with the, the people in the industry that I know, right. um, you know, it's, it's all for my career. So at the same time, you know, I've been in the industry for, for 10 plus years now and I know how things work and I can kinda see where things are going in in twenty seventeen and beyond. So I'm trying to now pass down opportunities to other producers who don't don't really have the platform yet, but are, are putting in the work and are talented. You know, so that's why I'm starting the label. That's why I curate beats from other producers on my on my beat store and that's why I have um, Beat club, you know, it's a mentorship program, so I'm helping other guys too.
0: Yeah. Is that similar to uh, Nasty Tracks? Is that your,
2: the site that you started? For, yeah, for Yeah, Nasty Tracks is, is my beat store, and actually, um,
0: it looks good by um, the way. I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty. The the layout is pretty dope.
2: Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, and actually, I'm gonna be. You know, Nasty Tracks started as a beat store in 2017. Nasty Tracks will kind of evolve into my record label, so my record label is also going to be called Nasty Tracks, um, and you know it's gonna. I, I have a lot of big plans for it, man. I think it's gonna um, kind of revolutionize where we are in the music industry, and and you know it's going to be the future of music.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're definitely taking the right path. I mean. <clears throat> i've been low-key over here kind of doing some of the same things man just trying to create like just be creative like with with business there's so many ways to uh to capitalize off being a record producer however it's like you said it's it's a lot of work involved you know and as producers we tend to just kind of want to sit behind the boards and be creative all the time but uh sometimes man you got to get out there and kind of make it happen for yourself because um I, I think we have a lot of similarities, man, when it comes to, like, the whole... Nah. I, I'm not chasing the game. Exactly, I'm not yeah. doing all that. You know what I mean? It's like you realize like, after a while, man, that it's a, it's it's really a, a, a rat race, man, where you just kind of jump on that wheel and just keep going, right. you know, and every now and then you might get lucky enough to do it. But, you know, I, I, I really think, man, you know, I watch from a distance, man, and I, I'm very proud of what I see with you, man. I think you... You, you have the right idea. You always have. You know what I'm saying? And um, a lot of people don't understand that where we came from in, in music production. You know, we attached ourselves to an artist. We created something. We created a sound. We created a vision, you know. And that's what being a record producer is, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, man, I, 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 I think you're doing something fabulous, man. And everyone that I've ever spoken to speaks highly of you, man. And, they you know, everybody's cheering for you, man, and hoping that... uh. You, you have some success in this man
2: thank you bro i appreciate that that means a lot
1: yeah man so listen man we we really appreciate you coming on the show man and sharing with us uh giving free game to our listeners man um
0: let's let everybody know how to find you yeah uh, yeah let us I know, know, know about, nasty, nasty yeah. tracks it, it's, it's spelled nasty t-r-a-x right dot com
2: yes sir t-r-a-x so okay. nastytracks.com beat store that's also going to become my record label in 2017 um i actually haven't announced that yet so i guess i guess y'all have we got an exclusive <laughs> 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 you all got the exclusive on that on that piece on that gem right there um and, uh, yeah, anywhere else, com. That's my official website. On social media, at KatoProducer. That's K-A-T-O, producer, one word. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm coming for it. is um, my year, man.
1: That's dope, man. So, uh, real quick, I forgot to ask you this, man. Is there, like, anything particular besides your business model that you're working on right now? Is there any music we can look for? Any new projects hitting the streets or have you just re- pretty much just been uh, you know uh, focusing on building your business?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, you know, there's there's a handful of artists that that I think really really dope. Um, you know, a lot of the usual suspects. Uh, I'm working on some really dope records right now for Ritz um, because nice. Ritz is about to start gearing up to work on his next album. Nice, and that's what. Like, no, that's one of the usual suspects, man. I've, I've been working with Rich for the, his past couple projects. Nice. Um, of course, Jaron. you know, Jaron just finished his tour last night with Rich. So he's he's going to be, he might be out of service for a little bit because, you know, that tour life takes a toll on you. Yeah, yeah. Plus he uh, got
1: he got hurt or something,
4: didn't
2: he? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he needs to, if he's listening to this, Jaron, man, you got to stop stage diving, man. Yeah. <laughs> <not scared>, <laughs> So, you know, his knee's probably going to be fucked up for a while or whatever, you know, if he fucked up. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I was talking with Jaren while he was on the road about just doing a, a Kato and Jaren project, you know, just taking it back to our roots. Right. Um, cause I think the fans want to see that. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then I, I got a couple other things I'm working on now, um, just keeping that under wraps until... You know we get further along in the process but I doubt. I doubt. you know i'm here man i'm working
1: hey man well listen bro like i said man we appreciate your time man and uh you know we wish you well in the future man and uh hopefully we'll check back with you you know a couple months man and i'm sure you'll have some more to talk about then man so uh thank you bro
2: please do i appreciate y'all thank you so much my man peace
1: peace